Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hample and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW, Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to NXT tonight. And the exciting shows roll on on Tuesday nights for NXT Hamlet. Tonight we find out who the new number one contender for the world title is going to be. You looking forward to it? Ish. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't particularly like last week's NXT, but it did end a, like a trail of about three that I did. So I'm willing to kind of like stick with it. I've, I've liked generally what they've been doing over the last couple of months or so. And the, the cycle of the two-week builds mm. has led us to like one of the better matches that I think this brand could offer. Um, it's not that triple threat, by the way, but there's a match on this particular episode that is one of the ones from this last month of these mini TV feeds that I've been looking forward to the most. So I can't wait for that tonight. I, like, I've got like really high expectations that I believe will be met. And that's different too, because... Generally speaking, expectations for NXT matches are a little bit nervy, especially mm. in the pandemic. I think when we return to crowds, um, that might be a little bit easier to just sort of get excited for things again. But there's at least one match on this card that I'm pretty confident is going to give us like something genuinely, earnestly exciting to talk about tomorrow. Never in my entire life thought I would say this, at least when I was past the age of about 16 years old. But thank Christ for Raw. Like, thank Christ we've had to sit through Raw Thank Christ we've had to be just mired in grim, uncanny valley pandemic reality because double or nothing. I don't think I can watch a taped dynamite show. You know, I'm always the high guy on them. And I think a lot of us have bargained with the fact that right, there's no atmosphere, but it's new wrestling. It still feels like it's an escapism that's current and part of our lives. Like, I, it can't go back to no crowds after that. Mm-hmm. just can't um, but having watched Raw I can have now 50 people in pods making a little bit of noise and that'll feel like noise because just it's the wrong week to watch non-fan wrestling essentially mm-hmm. and it's probably the wrong week to do a triple threat match after that goddamn three way on Sunday um, but as with Hamlet, that's not the one I'm most looking forward to because there's one on tonight that feels like very much the best 
of 2021 NXT. And this triple threat is the sort of thing that, I mean, yeah, I'll probably get four and a quarter from Dave. I respect Dave's ratings, but he's generous with NXT. It's, it's exactly the kind of match that people will rave about, but I just can't see myself being invested in. Because I feel like I know what the outcome is. WWE triple threat matches are what they are. I don't know, I just th- th- feel like this NXT is going to suffer by comparison. And to be mm. fair, the same might be true of Dynamite. Speaking of Double or Nothing, just a quick word on that. We will be doing our Double or Nothing review a little bit later on today. I'm sure lots of people wanted to know what we made of that show. Uh, but due to the bank holiday, we were unable to do it. So we'll release that later on today. But yeah, you both alluded to it there. I can't remember the last NXT without a title match or a number one contenders match. And yet they don't feel like they've just been thrown on like they certainly used to when their Wednesday Night War was going on. But let's start with that triple threat match to determine who faces Karrion Cross at TakeOver in your house. Uh, it was previewed, of course, on Raw last night. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I suppose it's who gets the honour of probably getting murdered by Karrion Cross at TakeOver, Hamlet, and uh, who's your money on? Well, it's on Gargano because they've built it, you know? Um, they've built Johnny Gargano getting murdered by Karrion Cross for the way being an irritant to Karen Cross before this match even takes place. Um, the way we're an irritant to Karen Cross when Gargano was still the North American champion, like they planted the seeds a little bit too early to make a match like this not only predictable, but slightly illogical because Gargano is bouncing off a defeat. You know, William Regal, a guy that we're led to believe has this like tempestuous relationship with Gargano every single week <laughs> as nonetheless gifted him a free shot at the world title if he can win one match despite him losing his belt two weeks ago like they didn't really work to sort of explain that beyond Gargano trying to turn into Patter on Twitter which I don't think is really like people just don't care enough to care do you know what I mean they just do not care enough about this product to put up a big fight about it they're just like well I find because Gargano's been in a feud with him that's why they're doing this and Dunn and Lorkin versus O'Reilly and Fish feels mm-hmm. nicely poised after last week and that like pretty good booking I thought of Kyle O'Reilly not making the save um for Bobby Fish believing as the baby face that that's an okay thing to do and now Bobby Fish probably getting a little bit pissed off about that like that tag match has a lot to it that you quite want to see so it's neat and it's tidy how they've arrived at all this but to kind of echo Sidric's point before I feel like I know exactly how this match is going to look and it's one I just struggle to get excited about. I really don't mind the booking spinning off it, but the match itself feels like a necessity to get to those separate matches in your house. It's a really good point you've made about um, Gargano and Regal having this on-off thing because it sometimes feels like they realise that Gargano and Regal have good chemistry. They realise that Gargano's funny playing off him. Um, But there are two reasons why this match shouldn't happen. One, he's losing upwards and the booking makes zero sense whatsoever. Two, you've got that, as Hamza points out, that established relationship between Regal and Gargano where it's like, well, why would he possibly go the extra mile for him when he's an irritant? One halfway elegant solution to this is that you can babyface Regal by saying, yes, me and Mr. Gargano have our differences and he's a bit of a pest and a thorn on our side and yes he has just lost a major match however Gargano is part of the fabric of NXT, it's a fabulous in-ring performer and it would be unprofessional and unbecoming of me not to give him this opportunity given all these blah 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 
something, something, something that makes me not want to die, die, die. It's how <laughs> much this product gets rave received in these weird cult circles. They could do something like that. They probably should have done something like that last week. What it is, is a part of the problem with NXT, something that they've failed to grasp, where they once magpied their way into just this wonderful brand. They are now lagging behind, and they are still thinking, spaff three super workers into a match, irrespective of if they deserve it or whatever. Spaff three super workers. It's like addition by subtract, subtraction, whichever way around it goes. It's just such a cynical ploy. Mm. Three work rate lads in a match, and we'll get like a bit of buzz from the nerds. That's what I feel like. That's what I'm, that's what's being screamed at me from this match graphic. The bookings are logical, um, and it's one of those where because NXT is so often fails to consider these things, and in fact the big picture. It's like who takes the fall here? It's Pete Dunne, who's not wrestling Karrion Cross, take the fall, even though we've spent months and it's been concentrated over the last however many weeks being told, told, oh, he's really good and he can challenge for any championship he wants. If he's going to take the fall here, because Gargano's probably going to win, it'd be great if Gargano took the fall, but is it too soon to strap? Can Kyle O'Reilly fail for a third time in a big match like this? It's just one of those where, I don't know, there's just no way out of here. It's a carrying cross first takeover defense and he's probably going to succeed. So just whoever, whoever's going to give him a good match. And that, again, is another problem. Mm. Karrion Cross needs a ridiculous super worker to give him a good match. Can he not just not Karrion Cross? So I'm dim on all of this, and yet there'll be some sequences here that'll blow, blow you away, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It'll all feel a little bit underwhelming post-double or nothing, which I feel like it's going to be such a big line in the sand. Yeah, I've got to agree with both of you there. I think I think we all agree that Gargano wins here. Uh, you can spin off, like you say, uh, Amphlet, the Dunn, O'Reilly, Fish and Lork and stuff to probably another banger at TakeOver. And as Sidge said, if anyone can pull a great match out of Karrion Cross, it's Johnny Gargano. But the fact you're having to do that with your world champion arguably speaks volumes. Um, I don't know who takes the fall. I think you're right. It, it's kind of hard to, to book either. Maybe O'Reilly, but you can argue that all... I don't know. If you get screwed. Yeah, exactly. Is he... Unless, yeah, I suppose, you know what play well into the narrative is if he hits the bitter end and then Gargano just gets him out of the way. But he only gets to hit the bitter end because of Lorcan and Fish and bollocks like that. But yeah, I think we all agree Gargano wins and he goes on to face Karen Cross at TakeOver, despite the fact it makes no sense other than, as you mentioned, uh, it's Johnny TakeOver. And he might as well just come out and say it. He'll do something boy popping with the in-your-house set, so... Yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, right, let's talk about the match we are actually all looking forward to, and that is MSK, Legado del Fantasma for the NXT Tag Titles. Sige, when we previously talked about Legado del Fantasma in a tag title match, we were like, yeah, they're good to sort of make up the numbers, whereas now this is genuinely one of the best outcomes in this tag division. Take everything I've said about the wonky, myopic, illogical booking in this men's heavyweight, heavyweight, I mean, technically, it is a heavyweight because there is a cruiserweight division and Johnny Gargano's in the heavyweight division. It's just so much of it, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Disregard everything I said because they've quietly done a wonderful job with them, Legado del Fantasma. A lot of it elevated through total boy pop and bangers. Um, but I think the booking's been there as well. I'm going to bite on the near falls watching this. Mm. Like, truly, I will. Um, it's a sort of match where 
even if it was not in any doubt of what the outcome would be, I would still be excited and bite on the falls because they work me into them. But I think the bookings already worked me into them as well. And they seem to be going all in on Legado. MSK are a great theoretical chasing team. Um, I can see them doing this year. And even if they don't, like this match should be awesome. Like a four-star. This is complimented as well, Hamlet. I think. As, as Sidge said, they've built the God of Del Fantasma well. The shenanigans and potentially the added aspect of Santos Escobar on the outside for them may add into it. But also the fact that in waiting, you've not just got one team that you're like, oh, okay, well, whoever wins this is facing the grizzled young veterans next. Because then you think, well, it's got to be MSK because you've got Champer and Thatcher there. So it's like, well, if they give it to Legado del Fantasma, then maybe Champer and Thatcher beat Grizzly Young Veterans and then they're next. Or as, as uh, Cedric said, they run it back with MSK at TakeOver or they just do all the teams all the time. It's the benefit of actually trying to book a division rather than one team at a time in a set of champions. Um, they've had to pretty much from the ground up start again with that tag division. Um, they were obscuring that problem for the longest time with the Undisputed Era because you were guaranteed kind of like one like takeover four and a half star match that dressed this up as a division when it was really just a set of awesome champions that could work with pretty much anybody. Um, and they've done it this year. It feels like we're at the point where it feels like, oh, this was a, a project that they kicked off maybe around January, February time. And now we're getting the benefit of that because as you say, there's all those teams you've listed. There's the impending turn, you would assume, of Breeze Angle that probably mm. brings them back into contention. You've got um, Dane and Maverick whenever they want to elevate them into being more than just comedic um, so there's loads there which is what makes matches like this far more entertaining because you're supposed to have a list of contenders for every belt all the time that should want these champions so you should be able to fantasy book multiple combinations for heels and baby faces and it's great that these are heels and baby faces here it's really really clear who the good guys are who the bad guys are MSK proper um, like earnest ray of light baby faces on a show with virtually none, which I think is helping them stand out. You know, when all the baby faces are super grizzled or gritty, you know, like we know Kyle O'Reilly's cool guy, but he's, he's faking it, you know, like that's that's rooted in grit because he's like, I'm actually really serious. And I'm trying to pretend I'm not. Like that's a facade for grit. They all really want to be gritty. MSK don't. They're just really, really fun and young and glad to be class. And I think that like helps the dynamic of all their matches because even MSK versus um, Champer and Thatcher, it's an all babyface match, but it makes total sense, doesn't it? Because mm. Timothy Thatcher and Chamasa Champa have got no time for this pissing about. Mm. So, like, even that makes sense. A bunch of teams, a bunch of characters. It helps every one of these matches, but in ring, specifically in ring, and Cedric called this like a potential four star. Um, that in the way that like you actually feel like four stars rather than the application of four asterisks to the, the main event. Oh, yeah, I've got to put that down as four. It's done all the to tick those eight of the 12 boxes that you need to make this. This is just going to feel like you're entertained in that way that a four-star match is supposed to make you feel. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Let's move on and talk about some, about some of the fallout from from last week's uh, NXT. The million-dollar face-off did not go exactly the way I had hoped uh, with one. And uh, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Absolute disgust on Hamlet's face that like you can't see on Zoom. Um, it was interrupted. It appears that L.A. Knight is the one who's going to be going under the wing of one Ted DiBiase and becoming the next million dollar man. But Cameron Grimes, it's getting in the right position in terms of fans will hopefully want to cheer him, but they can't make him look like too much of a bitch. To be honest, Hamlet. Yeah. Um, Grimes and LA Knight feels like the match. I'm just trying to work out if that's for television or for takeover. Um, NXT has established now the pairings that you just feel in your gut are the ones that they're going to deliver in two weeks' time. You know, that, that two weeks from tonight graphic versus a takeover one. And I can't figure out this one. And I don't know what that says about Cameron Grimes or, for that matter, about LA Knight because LA Knight is like virtually brand new. He's one takeover in, and that was like a, an over achievement Cameron Grimes is a brand new baby face so this pairing in every sense is is pretty fresh and yet I, I don't know it, it doesn't quite feel big enough for a takeover other than the fact that Cameron Grimes is a super over character so I think maybe are we are we two NXTs away from in your house yeah this and next this? week this and next week is that it 13th if I'm not mistaken maybe they'll book it for next week's take uh, for NXT then so two weeks from the LA Knight attack and they book that match for next week's NXT. Cameron Grimes can possibly get a win over LA Knight in that match and then, you know, can start basically wanting to claim the million dollar belt as his own to prove that he is the millionaire that Ted DiBiase doesn't think he is. I still don't know quite if it's going to be a master and apprentice thing and this LA Knight stuff is just a red herring. You know, is this going to be like one of Ted DiBiase's tests or something? I don't know. I don't, It just didn't, like... Broadly entertained by last week, but none of it felt particularly big time. And Cameron Grimes was getting over to that point where he was like hottest act on the show, sort of stuff. And I think last week cooled that a little bit personally. Yeah, Sid, you said yourself last week in terms of like you can see fans cheering him, but also yet again with WWE not knowing how to book their baby faces, they made him look like a bit of a tool by just turning his back on LA Knight. Yeah, bit of an idiot, bit pitiable. Um, I just again just to echo last week's very briefly before we move on because I don't know where this goes and after last week I'm not particularly sure I care um Cameron Grimes is too funny for his own good and we've seen that as a heel 
there's is there such a thing as heat after Sunday? I'm thinking yes. <laughs> WWE, I'm thinking no, and even Sunday might have just been an aberration. People desperate to feel things. Um, who the hell knows? Cam Grimes used to be able to get his heat back just by being funny. Being a babyface is a bit harder to do that because you can't just do something delectably cruel or deluded and just become Cameron Grimes again. Doesn't matter how much arse he shows, it's going to be exponentially more difficult to do this as a babyface considering that company top to bottom has lost the absolute plot of how to book them. So I worry about Cameron Grimes. I do. But, you know, the fans, I think, when they come back, will just love them. So maybe all is not lost. But the, the first omens were worrying that they don't know what to do and he's considered a punchline more than someone who is incidentally funny. I still have faith, for now at least. Um, speaking of people's futures, so do you think off the back of what happened last week, it was sort of weird, they were victorious, but also uh, it seemed to be suggesting that the Shotzi Black on Ember Moon team we're going to be focusing more on the world title in terms of Ember Moon potentially being the next number one contender for Raquel Gonzalez's title. I've no doubt that could be a great match for TakeOver. What do you think, that? Uh, yeah, no, I'll absolutely take that. The very best um, moment of that tag match last week was the interaction between Moon and Gonzalez. That's what Moon's there for. She's well past the point now where you can take her seriously. Is this? She was never cool, but she always had an aura I don't necessarily think it was cosmetic smoke and mirrors with like the lenses or whatever. Um, I don't think she could ever be confused for cool Ember Moon back in her like NXT peak. That without question is not the case now. Like she's a bit of a geek. A pat has been exposed as kind of rubbish. If nothing else, she can play like this respected veteran NXT presence. Um, no pun intended because I hate them. I hate wordplay, but the embers of which are just flickering strongly enough where on the takeover stage, people will probably think, right, okay, I can take her seriously as someone who was once there and it might do a lot for Gonzalez, but my God, when I look at that combination, I'm not looking forward to the build at all. It was non-committal from the off, potentially, because you had the match followed by the segment where they had to get the heat back, which I didn't really like. So I thought the match was pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I didn't particularly like that that beatdown last week for what it was not like for the actual quality of the beatdown, which looked pretty convincing, but for what it was trying to set out to achieve, which was to just kind of like have your cake and eat it too. Um, but yeah, Gonzalez and Moon is is the match. Gonzalez and Shotzi's quite interesting as well, and I think you could maybe you could use one to get to the other, um, if only because Shotzi will bump insanely mm. well. For Gonzalez's offense, as she has done before, I am um, the was it the was it either in the Dusty Cup or for the tag belts, just to finish where Gonzalez murked them both at the very end. Um, yeah, one to build to the other is actually quite nice because they have they've done a pretty good job of like making you believe Moon and Blackheart's relationship. It's it like they started life as a force together tag team. They're a little bit more than that now, and this is probably where you cash out on that, where you get two singles matches one for television, one for takeover, out of both the members of that tag team. Um, both should mesh well with Gonzalez. Uh, probably Moon for takeover, as Sajuk points out. There's, there's probably a, a better takeover quality match in that than the than the shotty one for now. Still enjoying the the dynamic between 
Um, between Gonzalez and Kai, though, Hamper. Yeah, um, it's just it's just everything it needs to be. It's it's, uh, it's patient, and I do feel like, and I, you know, I haven't been able to say this for about eighteen months to two years. Like NXT can be patient, so I think they'll I think they'll be patient with this storyline. It doesn't look to me as if they're in any great rush to get to this any earlier than like whatever takeover goes to SummerSlam. For me, you go further. I think you put them in war games together, and you maybe have things really start to fall apart there. Like on the same team, I mean, because um, Gonzalez was so dominant last year um, and Dakota Kai turned two years ago. So they've both got like interesting history around war games. Mm. Um, and I do I do trust this brand to be patient with that because it looks like they're going to be. Um, more fallout from, from last week. Uh, wouldn't be WWE without spooky bollocks, Hamlet. Or Tian Shaw targeting Mercedes Martinez with that sp- smoke and... Mark on the hand nonsense last week. Yes, uh, and it's absolutely the right way to go. Um, it's a, the match with Raquel Gonzalez was a massive disappointment, but the booking was spot on. It's exactly who and what Mercedes Martinez is. Um, she has hoss fights with the monsters of the women's division, and in this case, we have a literal monster of the women's division. So you can apply the hoss fight principle to that. Um, she can also absorb a defeat. The match quality can be of a good standard. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a real test of the Chan Shah gimmick because as we saw when they were dealing with like inferior losers, it's pretty much a hop, skip and a jump to an NXT title match. Mm. This is a pretty good way of delaying having to have that quite awkward conversation. Do you know what this could be quite useful for in terms of, like you say, you've had uh, Jaya Lee just sort of run through people, uh, jobbers mostly on, on NXT. But the whole thing of her and Boa being taken and transformed by this thousand-year-old dragon lady woman, right, is that they were, like, kind of put through the ring, and that's what we saw week in and week out of them getting bloody tortured or whatever. Therefore, you'd you'd want to see sort of Mercedes Martinez get some offence in here, and you'd think, oh, wow, the old sort of Jaya would be getting her head kicked in and sort of tapping out, not tapping out physically, but, you know, being looked like she was done, and then you can really sell her on the fact of like, oh no, she's become hardened through her experience through this bloody water torture or whatever they've put her through that now she can actually beat someone of Mercedes Martinez's level. When you say things like that and it's wrapped around that gimmick, I think just do more stupid stuff. (laughs) Stupid doesn't have to be the word. Do more extravagant, silly sports entertainment things. I don't want this to be boring. I can't possibly take it seriously. I want to see the thing get out of the chair and have a match. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... I, I'm The novelty has worn off, this perverse novelty of Tian Shah. So just give me the novelty again. That's all I care about. I only care about being stupid and silly. Um, it's an inspired pairing, as we've said today and, in fact, last week. Like, good scalp, someone who can just lose. All of it is aggressively fine. I don't want to like use these just to totally numb, detached, faint praise takes on the ridiculous stuff with dragons. Let's make it silly. Yeah. The thing is, though, we've got very recent precedent for this with WWE and the monsters, especially in the pandemic era. She's going to get out of a chair and, oh, it's a monster. And she's going to grab a hold. <laughs> then I can't, that's what I want. I want the dragon lady to grab a hold. Old man, that's what I want. Like a thousand-year-old dragon ghost, like packs a mean headlock. 
I, I'm still weirdly into this, like you say. And I think rather than do the old classic sort of like, I don't know, smoke or mist in the face gimmick to cost Mercedes Martinez, whether, whether she <laughs> blows it in Zaylee's face and that sort of powers her up, gives her some mythical, I don't know, some bollocks like that. We all, we all know the fancy stuff that they can pull out of this. Uh, speaking of guilty pleasures, let's conclude, Sige, by talking about love here on the NXT preview. Will Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis ever be together? Yes, and they'll be a wedding and they'll probably pop a nice little rating. Oh! Um, look, I like it. It's got that, it's stupid, so you don't care about that. They could just watch the telly together and have it off afterwards. <laughs> because then they'll realise there's been many, many a misunderstanding along the way. So that's silly, but who cares? The chemistry's there. In terms of how to build it, Please steer away from the idea that I should probably would have consented. She's into us. Mm. Not on. Not on at all. Terrible message to, 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 to circulate. I'm trying to wrap this together, this storyline. And how do you get the girl? How, like, it just it's a question. Let's have a bit of banter. It's NXT podcast. We'd need it. We're going to say, yeah, probably be a good match. Yeah. So a bit of banter. Well, how do you get the girl? Well, if you're writing NXT for Dexter Loomis, it's guilt tripper or <laughs> fighting her or make her feel threatened. Um, how do you actually get the girl? I don't know what your game is. It, I ain't got any game, Jesus Christ. I married the first one that liked me. Um, <laughs> the, the way uh, like can do this, they can. Like, Gar get Gargano's stuff with Karrion Cross done and then like they can get this over the line, get it to that wedding, get it to that destination. I think like it's, it's still, it's still good. It's still good. It's, uh, it's the only pig that is still good. Um, Indy Hartwell's. Is the like, question or the answer to the question? How do you get the girl? How does, how do I get the girl? How does Dexter Loomis get the girl? Just you. The royal you. I ain't got anything for this. Cause I like, I'm. I don't know how to get it either, but I've got, I've got, I've, I just want to know. I'm losing well, How do you get the girl? I'm losing interest. Uh, what I'd suggest is uh, he starts doing some funny accents. Um, is a pretty <laughs> solid route to, to go down. No, I think he's going to get us some flowers. But they're black flowers because he's dark. Just a big, massive, romantic gesture. So glad you went that direction. I really was concerned for 30 seconds. You know what I was going to say? Yeah, just, she wants to feel loved, Indy Hartwell. She's confused. She doesn't know whether he really likes him. And then when it was revealed that she, he does really like her, she bloody ruined it, didn't she? Where's he gone? He, like the, he's, he's there when nobody wants him there. And now when we actually need him around, he's not. He's gone again. Like, where is... It's all these ever so many romantic misunderstandings. <laughs> I just want the juxtaposition of this creep. This weird uh -huh. bastard. Dexter Loomis. Just do something totally and unashamedly romantic that you'd expect some nerd to do. Not that he isn't a geek, but you know what I mean? Like, I want to see Dexter Loomis and big public display of affection in the same conversation, in the same mm. sentence. I don't necessarily know what that is, but it's time to go big on this. It's a comedy storyline and there's a lot of juxtaposition in comedy. And that's like the idea of Dexter Loomis just outwardly showing his affection and I want it more to the point. I want to see Indy Hartwell sell the life out of it. 
he's going to complete the Jed Maxwell aesthetic and pull his top off, and there's going to be a tattoo of a face up the chest to go along with all the pictures on the wall. Her and David Copperfield. What about like just a picture of the both of them? Yeah, like he's he's a he's an artist. So big, <laughs> massive picture, gold frame, like. I love the bit where Indy Hartwell's eyes went when it was like, uh, who want to be choked out by Loomis? And Hartwell was like, me? <laughs> Some kind of kink-based, yeah, massive illustration of Dexter and Indy getting it on. And I think that'd be a really good visual gag. It'll be true to the character, a painting. Yeah, painting the way. Massive it? painting of Hartwell and Loomis, like... I don't know. From behind, I guess. Like Omega and Catalan. I think you know. <laughs> I'm married as well. Um, yep. The only thing I was going to say, you just made me think about this, is in terms of like future predictions. It's not this. It's not now. It's not this big. It's not even the big gesture you're talking about. A hundred percent, though. When he proposes to her, the ring should already be on a severed finger. Just a thought. Just ask down what's going to happen because he's with. Like take that. it off one and put it on the other. Yes. I wanted to give you my uh, my grandmother's ring, but it's just on this decomposing finger. <laughs> hey, that's good stuff. We should book this. We should. We really should. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near road dog, so I'll do it remotely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let us know your thoughts uh, ahead of NXT tonight and your big romantic gestures on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, you can follow all three of us whilst you're there. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, the Raw Review is available right now. Our Double or Nothing Review will be up later on. And, of course, our NXT Review will be there tomorrow as well. But for now, this has been the NXT Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.